0: conflicts can just you know just turn on in an instant you know in, in yeah. a lot of our arguments and yeah the feelings uh yeah you've got anger you've got sadness you've got being unwilling like you just want to give up so it's just a a, a big ball of shit emotions really all coming <laughs> at, you at once
1: Here we are. Welcome to First Time Parents as we give you a front row seat into our marriage post baby from conflict, parenting styles, sex and whether to have another baby. Nothing is off limits as we take you deep inside, literally recording our weekly relationship therapy sessions with James Fishgill to save our marriage and yours.
0: Yeah, we're happy to share what we've uh, gone through and what we're going through and hoping to help ourselves and anyone else out there.
1: So let's get into how today is going to unfold. Today's episode is sponsored by Kitchen Language. Cheekiness, not for the faint-hearted. Listen up, because Kitchen Language is run by Simone, who is a sweary bitch. She loves that her customers get a giggle at her sweary offerings. And if you're sick of buying your partner like the same old shit, then maybe you want to get around Kitchen Language. And they are doing free shipping with the code LOVE, for all of our listeners.
0: Good for a laugh. And if you're not laughing, you're crying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So visit kitchenlanguage.com.au or you can jump on their Instagram, which is at kitchenlanguage as well. And just remember, cheekiness is not for the faint-hearted. Grab a seat.
0: Welcome. Get comfy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We literally are opening our front door and offering you the lounge room seat into what We have no idea is about to happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely no idea. You've just thrown me under the bus. No, actually, I'm willing, so.
1: You are willing.
0: Yeah. I want to be, yeah, what's going to come of it.
1: He's here in handcuffs. (laughs) Yep. So for those who don't know, I'm Heidi.
0: I'm Griffo. And
1: welcome to First Time Parents Season 3, baby
0: let's do this.
1: So we've been sharing our time as first-time parents since our little boy Memphis was born, which was three and a half years ago. We've shared all the shitty and glorious moments and we've landed here in where we think this is where a lot of people end up in divorce because after a child we now get it.
0: (laughs) It's so easy to fall into the trap as well and we definitely have fallen into the trap but we're now being proactive. We're trying to get out of the trap
1: <laughs> and and what we realized is that everything comes back to communication
0: yes definitely like, um, yeah couldn't agree more it's funny you know we talk a lot but we probably don't talk about the deep and meaningful things that help you stay on track and get to get you to where you want to be and be comfortable in your relationship
1: it's tools isn't it and so we will openly and honestly share our relationship as we dive into it with you because we are here giving you a front row seat because we want to help you as well because the number of messages I get um, on the daily about how you are struggling with your partner post to having a baby and learning to navigate and communicate, we thought, well, fuck, we're not the experts, even though sometimes we think we are on here. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but we've invited a coach on who we are giving you a front row seat for him to coach you and us on how to be better communicators in our relationship. And of course, we're going to be sharing all of our um, truths, I guess you could say.
0: The petty arguments that turn into the big arguments, I reckon. And you're so good at that. Yeah.
1: Actually, that's a lie. You're going to hear one really petty thing that I drop in this episode. But let's first get into meeting our coach, James Fish Gill.
2: My name's Fish. I wasn't born with the name Fish. My parents weren't that cruel. James Gill is is how I'm sometimes known as, although it takes me a little while to respond to the name James because I don't really know you're talking to me. Um, And I share with people that, Tools of Conscious Communication to Transform Relationship Conflict. So there's a lot of jargon in in that sentence, so I just kind of wanted to peel back some of the layers. When I talk about relationship conflict, I actually, I don't mean like full-scale war. I don't mean throwing shit at each other. I don't mean like, you know, what some people term as conflict to be like things at the very end of their escalation. I actually just mean any moment of disappointment, upset, when we can't say what we need to say or when we don't feel like we're being heard about what we need to be heard about or when we left someone upset and we didn't mean to, any little tiny moment. And, you know, as we progress in our sessions together, we'll look at little tiny moments because it's it's actually really important for us to recognize that conflict escalates or snowballs from tiny little moments of misunderstanding so that's what I mean by conflict. What I mean by relationship is obviously you guys are in a romantic relationship, so we'll be partly focusing on your romantic relationship, but we may also be focusing on parenting relationships. We may also be focusing on upsets within your um, family of origin with your parents, with siblings, with friends, etc. So we'll kind of let our scope be that broad when it comes to a relationship
1: so fish wanted to know why we were here and how we got here
2: and
0: why is that aren't we perfect
1: (laughs) well you're gonna have to listen back to what you said
0: oh shit i can't remember (laughs) did i destroy myself bus?
1: yeah you did great (laughs) you actually said something very relatable that i think will hit a lot of people in the feels here it is in a nutshell we got together 10 years ago it was like the best thing I'd ever experienced. You know, it was unbelievable chemistry and fun and, you know, and then we moved in together and that's when, you know, we started to unravel like understanding each other's communication, fighting, all that kind of stuff. Then we um, ended up getting engaged and we got married and we had our little boy Memphis. And I feel like James and I've always had this um, the reason why this podcast is so fucking awesome for us is because we don't have those barriers up and we can talk openly and we hear each other. But when we're not on the podcast, you can feel <laughs> each other's defensiveness and energy and like, you know, you might get nasty or you don't listen to each other. And so it doesn't feel like a safe place to be heard or seen in our relationship at times, if there's conflict, like you said, happening. And I think since we've had Memphis, our whole world has changed obviously in three and a half years and we've kind of gone off in separate ways and then we've come back together and then we've gone off in separate ways. And my brain always goes like, Oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. We've got to get divorced. Like that's how I, my brain just starts to like go into crazy town and yeah. whereas he sometimes then will close off and then it's, you know what I mean? And then we then sometimes we talk really well at coming back together. But um I think just for us, like we ha- we actually are, I feel like we're in a really good place at the moment. And that's because we have been doing the work, you know what I mean, and having conversations and we brought this podcast back. Um, but I want like I want a deeper connection and understanding and you know not to feel like I want to run because I don't really want to run do you know what I mean but I but I want to just yeah I guess I just want to be seen understood on a deeper level and you know for us just to feel like we get our playf- playfulness back in our time and connection and stuff since having Memphis and you know yeah and me being a better listener as well and not like going like rah <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So you're like yearning to to feel understood, to feel um, seen and accepted and heard, and also to be that way for Griffo. Awesome. Griffo, your turn. From your perspective, you don't need to agree or disagree with what Heidi shared. How How's relating going for you?
0: Uh, I definitely do miss what we used to have as you were young, you are playful. We were both on uh, good uh, income, so there was no money worries. It was just us two to look after. And it was so easy, even though at the time we probably complained it was hard. But looking back, it was just so easy and simple, and it was quite, you know, joyful. And I think ever since having Memphis, those first few years were really tough. And definitely looking back – just not enjoying life as much as what you know deep down you should do, but you, you're you probably just stuck between a rock and a hard place just to survive, just to get by, by going to work, coming home, trying to be the best person you can be. But, yeah. you know, you you aren't the best person because you're just tired, you're stressed. Um, yeah. Our our lives did get quite turned upside down when we did have Memphis. I came back from yeah. FIFO. Heidi and I had never lived together and worked Uh, and I was home every single day until we had Memphis. I mean, we always knew it wasn't going to be easy, but it was definitely harder than I thought. And I think that really made us go, as Heidi said, go off into our own path of survival. And that's like, right, I go to work, I come home, I sub in, give Heidi a break. And she was like, i just nurture Memphis and that's it. And I was probably uh, a bit pushed to the side, as I guess that's how it does generally go. Meanwhile, doing damage to the relationship of yep. not of not giving each other what we first were attracted to and what we enjoyed about our relationship and yep. you know that probably took probably I don't know best part of 2 to 3 years until we started to get any of that slightly back
1: now fish shares a visual with us here that we're going to drop in the show notes it's just a picture of a brain so i just want you to imagine a picture of a brain as he talks through how often our brains want to conflict with our partner with our bosses with our friends with absolutely anyone out there how our first reaction is always conflict and i thought this was profound
0: when he went through it, you really do sort of every uh, conflict that he brings up, you can relate to in every way, shape and form. And it is pretty scary that you go, yeah, that's true. It is straight to conflict. It's not about, oh, yeah, I get that. or that's interesting. Or, yeah, never thought of it that way. It's always like, bang, conflict. So <laughs> I,
1: went, I went in to give him a little bit of conflict then and say, no, that's wrong. Because <laughs> that's, that's the brain and it's habit really strap yourselves in for what he drops here in how our brains work.
2: So this is an invitation for you to get curious about your own mind Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: how your mind, like every human mind, immediately creates a sense of opposition in the face of uncertainty. Sharing the screen now um, and i'll i'll step through each of these symptoms so that people who are just listening can understand what each of them are so the first the first characteristic of conflict is that we experience strong emotions as soon as fear, doubt, uncertainty, anger, sadness, grief, confusion, defensiveness, feeling attacked, feeling. Um, feeling hurt, feeling misunderstood, as soon as any strong emotion arises, we tend to pull away from the moment that's giving us that strong emotion. It's very natural for human beings to pull away from strong emotion. We're not masterful, most of us, at just sitting in the strength of the emotion and staying open and present. We tend to pull away. Mm -hmm. And because we're pulling away from the emotion, we tend to pull away from the person who is associated with the emotion. The next symptom down is what I call resisting, which is how our mind tends to make the moment wrong. And it takes the form in our thinking and our language as they shouldn't or they should. If I'm sitting in a coffee shop and I think my coffee should have arrived, I'm making love to my imagined reality rather than tending to the present reality, which is that my coffee hasn't arrived. So the mind has this habit of making the moment wrong and you can detect it by when you're thinking, well, that shouldn't have happened or that should have happened. They should have been more respectful. They should have called me when they said they were going to. They shouldn't have cut me off. They They should have indicated before they cut me off. So the mind is obsessed with should and shouldn't and it's an indication that we are disconnected from reality next symptom down is the notion of right and wrong we get caught up in our conversations about the right and wrong about the data have you ever guys had an argument about like you know griffo says to you heidi remember last spring when we did xyz and you're like no it wasn't spring it was definitely the start of summer and he's like no it was definitely spring so You know, we can get caught up in who's right or wrong about what happened, right? That's, that's, that happens a lot. But on a deeper level, we are obsessed with the notion of who's right and who's wrong. So for most of us, we've grown up with this notion that resolution only ever happens through someone being a bit right and someone being a bit wrong. The next symptom down is blaming and blaming. You know, we might have judgment around blaming, but actually blaming is a natural mechanism. These are all natural mechanisms of the mind. The blame mechanism seeks to identify the source of the wrongness. So if something's happened and it's not what I wanted, well, then something's wrong. And then my mind goes, well, who's who's the reason for the wrongness? Whose fault is it? The mind's obsessed with fault finding. The next symptom down is defending. So when blame is present, defense is present. Mm -hmm. So that can sound like, hey, I was just trying to or I didn't mean to or I think you've got it wrong. You're being a bit ridiculous because I was doing such a loving thing. I was just being loving. I was just encouraging you, babe. I wasn't excluding you. I was trying to include you. Defensiveness is, uh, you know, one of the dominant characteristics of conflict. The next symptom down, being right. Being right, being certain about them. Conflict tends to sort of solidify the mind. We come to some definite uh, decision about who they are, about what kind of person they are, for them to have done that. So we become kind of right and certain. And being right can sound in our language like you always interrupt me. You never put the bins out. You have to always um, make this about you. You never listen to me. I'm so sick of how you always have to be right. You're never interested in my point of view. See, these always or never statements are like a certainty that the mind loves. The mind loves certainty in conflict because conflict is uncertain and the mind freaks out when there's uncertainty. So, so naturally we just go, oh, And it can sound like, oh, you're just being a control freak or they just have to have things their own way. The next symptom down is feeling wronged. So it's natural for either of you to kind of feel upset when the other says or does something that lands poorly for you. So there's that first moment of upset. But then what the mind does is latch onto the fact that we've been wronged. Like after what you did, I'll never such and such the next symptom down risking our identity so conflict is characterized by the moment representing a risk that i get seen a certain way that i don't want to be seen so there might be a risk that i get seen as um unkind or unfair or unloving all of which will actually want, it will ask me to amplify my defensiveness because how dare you see me as so critical? How dare you see me as so unloving? The second last of the symptoms is avoiding, which sounds like an intentionally, like it's often called stonewalling out there in popular psychology as if people build a wall because they're wall builders. But actually, I want you to consider that any time that we avoid conflict we do so as an unskillful commitment to peace. It's a commitment to peace because avoidance is, I don't really want to tend to this because tending to this may well make it worse. So those of us who've grown up unskilled in conscious communication, which is most of the planet, we won't want to turn towards certain difficult conversations because the risk of them going very shit-shaped very quickly is very high. So can you hear how we might avoid a situation in our commitment towards things being relatively peaceful? (laughs) It's just unskillful because avoiding something never transformed it. And the final uh, symptom that characterizes conflict is when we're just unwilling, when we just reach that point where we're just like, you know what? I'm done. Screw you. You know, and Griffo, you were kind of talking about that hinting on that experience back in that day or maybe occasionally it comes up it's like do i do i really can i really keep going this is just like surely it's not it's not meant to be this hard
1: today's episode is sponsored by kitchen language cheekiness not for the faint-hearted and perfect for potty mouths, 18 plus jump online, kitchenlanguage.com.au, or you can stalk them on Instagram. And if you want to get around their free shipping, the promo code is LOVE because we are doing the relationship series and Kitchen Language are around us. Simone is a very sweary bitch and she has the perfect gift ideas. Or if you're a little bit like me and you like words of affirmation, maybe you will dig the cards.
0: Yes, and the card that I got you the other day said, sorry, I fucked up.
1: And do you want to tell everyone what you did?
0: don't know if it's appropriate so I might just let that slide it might <laughs> come out in the um uh, meetings for our you know sessions to come.
1: We need to tell Simone she needs like a hundred of those cards just for. Jesus not that bad. Just <laughs> my husbands like Rippo but if you are someone who does love to give a card you know some of them I think are very very funny like sorry you're having a shit one want to keep telling
0: us what you want me to send you. I fucking
1: love you. You're one in a fucking million. But it is perfect for the person who loves a little swear here and there, which, I mean, we're not afraid of swearing if you've been on this podcast. But if a card isn't for you, maybe your partner wants a stubby holder, and I'm sure Gruffo would like this one. head.
0: Yeah, but most importantly, <laughs> keeping that beer cold.
1: Or dickhead. head. <laughs>
0: Is the arrow pointing
1: at you? Oh, oh, this is the best one. Okay, you ready? There you go. Moist motherfucker.
0: There you go.
1: <laughs> so if you're game enough to take those to your next barbecue gathering or give to your partner, uh, showing them your love, then make sure you get around Kitchen Language. Like we said, it'll give you a laugh just to see what Simone has created, being the sweary bitch there. So it's perfect for Potty Mouse 18+. And if you want to jump online, use the promo code LOVE, Okay, so now you've got an idea of the brain and how we always go into conflict, so that's why we're all struggling in communication with not just our partners but with everyone else in life too. It was really interesting when he asked us to share our different conflicts that we'd had recently, and this is where I probably went a bit shallow, How?
0: <laughs> but insane! that, I'll back you in here. I'll, I'll, I'll do your number. Um you went for something that was probably more fresh and recent. Where I was like, I don't really hold on to stuff. Whoa! <laughs> <Are> you, <what? laughs> no, like as in on the like, if someone like as he asked me, he goes, "What's a conflict?" And I was thinking, "Shit, I don't really know of something just offhand." And then I went to something that was very early okay. in the relationship, but it was.
1: <laughs> okay, you're about to say, I don't really hold on to anything, but you shared a story that was from 10 fucking years ago. Uh, excuse me, I'm pretty sure that's called holding on to something. But that's also
0: <laughs> saying not much has happened between then and now. So you've been doing all right for the last uh, 10 years.
1: Have a listen to what we shared.
0: It probably has just triggered and come to mind um, because I was just looking at some old photos when I was in Japan. Oh. And this is you know, 10 years ago when we just got together. And I think, yeah, you were living in Perth at the time, yeah, right? I yeah. So you've in. been over, I think, for six months. We've been living together for six months and in, in a new relationship. Wait, he
1: didn't ask if you had to say it out loud.
2: <laughs> That's all right. Let's go there. Oh, Let's go there. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> no, I'm <getting laughs> it. But...
2: That's right. Yeah, I was asking you to bring it to mind. But then no. the next thing I was going to say is let me in on that little moment.
1: Yeah, no. I was taking the piss. Like, I
2: don't want to leave. So, so a brief background. Like, what, what, what happened?
0: Yeah. So, I was in Japan having a a lads trip, and um, Heidi was going on quite a uh, what was it? A shake diet. So she wasn't getting her general nutrients, and we know what we're like when we're hangry and I just we just hit a real bad partner relationship where Heidi was I can't even remember what it was about but Heidi was just making my life absolute hell when I'm away with the boys and I'm meant to be having the best time of my life and,
2: but, uh, and, and, and that's was, a good example and what might she have been doing or saying that you might decide as she's giving me hell let's let's come back to the data what did she say or do maybe generally I
0: can't fully remember but I know it was
1: I can tell you yeah go on <laughs> Yeah. I was just really insecure. I just started yeah. my new job in Perth as a breakfast radio host announcer. He's my first boyfriend. And I was bringing probably a lot of my old shit from my old relationship into ours. Yeah. Like, cool. didn't know how to communicate. They were talking to girls. I remember just like being untrustworthy. Like, didn't yeah. didn't think he was really going to do something, but was so was picking fights because I was insecure. So. Cool.
2: Yeah, and and if we and if we don't even we need to we don't need to go into the analysis of it. Yeah, like why? Just like what's the sort of thing you might have said to him that had him suddenly go, "Oh God, she's giving me hell again."
1: Probably like you're not listening to me, or why don't you fucking answer your phone? I think it was that. Who are you talking to? Do you know what I mean? Like. I think it, I'm sure it would be something like yeah. that. Like obviously that yeah. was 10 years ago. I would not say right. something like that now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think the Wi-Fi dropped out and I had to be up in the room but I was downstairs at the pub and so I got in a world of shit because I wasn't on my <laughs> phone. And I was thinking to myself at the time and going, this has just gone nuts. And I'm like, that was literally I could have gone left or right at that stage. I was like, I don't know <laughs> if this is right because I just felt like this is how it is, I'm, I'm not into it.
2: So... Uh, okay, no more details. <laughs> yeah, cool. So so it that moment is instigated by you wanting to have a great time and then Heidi's Heidi's sending you a message saying, you know, why aren't you answering your phone? Yeah. Is that Bombard. is that a good little good little <laughs> yeah, summary?
0: Pretty yeah, much.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, great. Um and Heidi, what's what's your little moment of upset that you can sort of recall? It can be recent or in the past, huge or yeah. tiny.
1: Yeah, mine's tiny and right mine is the other day he came home and he walked into the cupboard and you know I'd been with Memphis all day and it was it's just was just this little snide comment that like sometimes i feel like they come up a lot um but it was something along the lines of mm. how the popcorn had been put away into the container and he said something along the lines of like cuz it was Um, a bit stale or whatever, like who would put that at the bottom and do that? Very intentionally knowing, well, it was probably fucking me, there's no one else that lives here, if it wasn't you, and then it was just kind of like, oh, it's just so silly or something like that. It was just the tone and the way that he said it, like I was stupid.
2: Got it. beautiful.
1: As you can hear, Fish got us to really delve in and hear each other and our conflicts and why they mattered and really see each other in what we'd both shared
2: great great little examples great great examples you know and they start they conflict often starts with one thing being done or said sometimes it's as simple as someone exhaled like quite literally some of the upsets I work with is because she exhaled and he suddenly was like don't you know don't huff at me don't, and then it, just,
0: <laughs> it, it
2: goes from that little tiny moment suddenly into so it goes from a moment of misunderstanding to then opposition so suddenly we're in our two corners like effortlessly and i'll show you why in a minute and then as soon as we're in our two corners then we can start fighting about the fight and that might sound like i can't believe you're being this way with me you're just like your mother I thought I could trust you. You told me that you weren't going to raise your voice anymore, etc., and that go and it escalates hugely from there. Oh. And when we're in the fight about the fight, that's where we say or do things that we can't kind of that we find it difficult to mend. <laughs> it's very yeah. difficult to forget when someone's called you a freaking asshole and just like your father. It's like it's very difficult to come back from that.
1: What did you think about today's session with Fish?
0: It was very much an eye-opener and a brain-opener. It was, uh, like I said, I don't really know what's to come and I'm just going with it. And certainly, I think when we had the uh, homework to do at the end of it, it was really about you got to start thinking deep and that's something I probably haven't really done much in my life. And not to say that I'm a shallow person, but it was just a different avenue or a different way of looking at a relationship.
1: For those who want to know what the homework is... We want you to come along for a ride. And it's all about getting really clear on the vision of our relationship. And, yeah, this question really stumped us from Fish.
2: Griffo, what would you love to feel in your relationship with Heidi? What do you want to feel more of?
0: I think a little bit of what she touched on just with um, ease, you know. I mean, I think we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to apply a certain amount of pressure, but at times sometimes you just want to just, just enjoy a bit of the, the moment, the ride, mm-hmm. instead of that constant pressure.
2: I just want ease enjoy, joy and enjoyment. Just a bit of simpleness. Beautiful, Paul. And And I yearn to feel the absence of pressure. And so your homework will be just kind of tune in a bit more, give yourself half an hour just to kind of sit with that and really see if you can stand in this imagining a way forwards, like not how to get there because I'm going to show you that. We haven't even begun that. Mm. Just what your beautiful heart yearns to feel and what you want her to feel in this incredible love that you are sharing and getting more skillful at communicating. And Heidi, what do you want to feel more of in relation to Griffo?
1: Yeah, I think the whole scene and um heard and you know desired.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, lovely. So so allow that to kind of gain momentum as you work between now and our next session. Let, really let yourself kind of feel into it. It can feel a really strange thing because it's like, well, if it's not here right now, how would I know? Mm. And how am I even going to get there? And for, for for the listeners out there, it's okay to start with, I wouldn't have a clue. That's a legitimate place to start. But then just start to tune into what your heart yearns to feel which will be lovely things, the heart yearns to feel lovely things. And then what does your heart yearn for that person, sibling, parent, child, lover, whoever, what do you yearn for their heart to feel? Because you will find if you really listen into that voice, you will find that you want other people to feel magnificent things. The second piece of homework that I'll set you and maybe your listeners, if you want to take this challenge is... Go back and listen to the symptoms of the conflict mind, which, just to recap, are feeling strong emotions, resisting, which is like should and shouldn't, right and wrong, blaming, why did you or why didn't you, or how come you always just have to, defending, which is just like, I didn't mean to, I was just trying to, <laughs> being right, you always, you never. Feeling wronged, after what you did, I will never. Risking our identity, which sounds like I'm not someone who. Avoiding, which is like, it's no big deal. Can't we just move on? Do we have to talk about this again? (laughs) Or being unwilling, which is like, I give us, this is crap, this is hopeless, I'm out. Print out the language of the conflict mind that I send you or find some way to keep a record of that and just notice where you see that in you, where you see it in them, and particularly where you see it all over the planet, because if we've ever lived in a world of conflict mind, it's now. Every Facebook thread about any significant issue is just full of conflict mind, everyone's opinion taking the form of I'm right, you're wrong, how dare you, this person's at fault, etc. all analysis. <sighs> so two bits two bits of homework the more you kind of dive into them the more we'll be set up for our second session but i just want to thank you first of all for letting me into your lounge room mm. and the little tender moments in your heart and also being willing to be i guess vulnerably on display for us to begin to work through this um this work of conscious communication so that who knows the ripple effect this will have for the relationships in all the lives of all the people who listen to this. So, I just see it as an incredibly, incredibly generous thing for you guys to do, and it shows me the depth of your um, love for each other, but also your love for humanity. I think it's such a deeply kind thing, and I'm I feel very privileged.
1: So we're going to chuck your homework and our homework. In the show notes. So if you want to actually play along, but next week or next week's episode, we're going to be talking to you. We want you to contact us if you're in a relationship. Send us a message on Instagram. It's probably pretty much the place I hang out at underscore Heidi Anderson, and we would love to hear where you are in your relationship? Have you been here where we are and have you got to the other side? Because we need some fucking hope. (laughs) And, you know, maybe you're also really in the shit right now and we want to be able to share your story and talk to you. And, I mean, Griffo's feeling like he's pretty much an expert after today's session.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far. (laughs) Maybe by the end of all of our sessions, yeah, but, yeah, a little way off.
1: I've just loved watching you already in our conversations around conflict when it's brought up in our relationship and how you've actually used the tools from today's session as we've reflected back.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, it, as you keep saying, it's back to communication, but getting these sort of new tools in how to communicate, I think I'm trying to be proactive in using them because the whole point of this exercise is to better yourself and to understand yourself and how we as humans operate. And I think if you can take that split second to stop before you speak and just think of it from their perspective, even though you may not agree with them, you can always will generally find a way that you can understand where they're coming from, even though you mightn't agree with them.
1: Do you think I always stop before I speak? And
0: think No, but I do <laughs> think that we think quite different to each other, but when you stop and digest it, we probably understand one another. We just have our own opinions that are different, which is fine. But yeah, it's just sometimes we need to stop and think instead of going off because we didn't get our opinion across or you didn't see eye to eye with my opinion, we both needed to stop, go, yep, I get it. Um, I hear what you're saying, but I don't agree and shake your hands and walk away (laughs) I agree I actually
1: agree (laughs) it's worked today's session worked Uh, if you want to come along for the ride with us we're going to be sharing our sessions with Fish we're also going to be diving into some of the big topics that come up from all of the sessions that we have with him so if you want to play along and you want to get around us make sure you follow us in the show notes uh, and you can follow Fish as well he has incredible tools on his page every single day huge thank you to our sponsors kitchenlanguage.com.au if you want free delivery make sure you use the code love and with our sweary bitch Simone sponsoring the first six episodes uh, I have to say you need to go stalk her website from one sweary bitch to another you'll have lots of presents to give your loved one after a conflict (laughs) So make sure you jump online, kitchenlanguage.com.au. Thanks for listening. We love you. Hit subscribe uh, if you haven't already, five stars if you want to rate and review and make sure you share it with your friends. Lots of love. Thanks for having us. See ya. Bye.